Hello guys and girls and welcome to episode 94 of the F-Reality podcast. This is a weekly VR, AR and MR talk show that is live streamed every Saturday on YouTube, Facebook and Twitch. You can tune into the show live at 7pm in Europe, 6pm in the UK and 12 midday in Central US. You can also check out the audio version which is available on iTunes, SoundCloud and Anchor. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our YouTube channel or smash that like button as it would really help us out. If you have any questions, comments or feedback during the show, please put them in the chat and we'll try to answer them as much as we can. Now it's time to introduce everyone from the team. Okay, Nate, you can quit that out now. <laughs> <laughs> Good intro there, Rowdy. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, man. I mean, we've been preparing this the entire week. So, so Mike week. is unfortunately not here. Uh, he's apparently uh, celebrating his birthday together with people that are well, likely more important than us. So the real host of the show will not be here today. It will be me who is the real host of the show. So... Uh, this is gonna be great. <laughs> That's gonna be it's gonna be a good one. I'm I'm looking to, forward to a proper rowdy cast here. Yeah, a proper rowdy cast. Hold on to your horses. So first up, last week he was immortalized by Doctor Disrespect. Today he is hot news in Pew News, the second best podcast on the interwebs. Of course, I'm talking about Nathy. <laughs> you, you know, you know, it's a huge honor. <laughs> to be to be featured on Pew News. I did not it's know my this. First time ever. What? What? So what? What happened? You you got into PewDiePie's uh, like role cast, did you? Yeah. He, he, <laughs> yeah, Nate. Explain it once yeah. again. What happened? Okay. Okay. Listen. So I was at E3 and I wanted to take a photo with Doctor Disrespect. I was wearing a Tesla shirt, so he denied <laughs> me by saying not with that shirt. And then, um, well, that that broke broke the 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 news basically. And now this week, PewDiePie uh, covered it in, uh, in, uh, in, in the Pew News. So now I'm, I'm even more famous than before. But seriously, <laughs> it's getting better and better. Like I, 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 this, this, was the, this was just the, the, the best thing I could go for instead yeah, of getting yeah. just a photo. Are, are you still hoping to get like on the national news with it as well? Or? Uh, that would be the next step. So hopefully, <laughs> I just think I think it's like isn't this like really? Do you look at your your uh, Tesla shirt now and you go like I need to listen, I need to frame this? Uh, no, 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 no. But uh, I was like kind of like maybe someone is interested in this shirt now because it's kind of like a meme. But the weird thing is, this is my first meme ever. Like I never <laughs> became a meme, but now and since PewDiePie covered it, even my family started to message me like, hey. We saw this video, you know, at PewDiePie, and you're in there. I'm like, oh no! Now we're getting into the mainstream uh, audience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, people on Twitter should now start like making like captions with your face and like, uh, not with that shirt or like, you know, like some, something funny. Yeah. I'd love to yeah. see something like that. Yeah. So uh, next up, I've always wondered what happened to number one, two, three, and four, but I'm guessing they are working behind the scenes, ensuring nothing goes wrong in the live stream of who else than SimTalk Five. Uh, I actually read your hey. notes and I was like, I have no idea what he means. Now I get it. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. Actually, how you been, mate? Good. Yeah, good. I learned a, a valuable scientific lesson this week, which I think you'll appreciate. So, oh, no. a couple of a uh, couple of weeks ago, we adopted a crab by accident from the beach, and then my wife, who's like uh, the tree hugger sort, was like, "Okay, we're gonna get an aquarium, and we're gonna." I'm like, "We could just take him back to the beach," and he's she's like, "No." And, and so we got an aquarium, we got this little crab, he was tiny, 
like your pinky nail thumbnail, like a tiny little dude. And um, we got him this little terrarium or whatever and got some sand from the beach. And literally, she took two trips, two half-hour trips to go get seawater to come back and fill the tank. I'm like, you could have just <laughs> brought him back to the beach. But no, we decided to imprison this poor little fellow. And I learned, I, I learned how badass crabs are. Crabs are incredibly, incredibly badass. Like we put, we had for the kids some... Um, like sea monkeys. I don't know if you guys know what that is. They're, they're or the ones that we got were called aqua dragons. Like these, like chilled out little, uh, almost look like seahorses that f- fly around in the water. And we decided mm-hmm. we're like, okay, this would be more hospitable if we put them in the crab with the in the tank with the crab. Mm-hmm. And un- unfortunately, uh, <laughs> crabs are killing machines, and I didn't know this. And my God, within within thirty seconds, all four of the aqua dragons were dead. So um, I can tell you one thing though. Um, I got a, I got a big fright because obviously my little girl is like big attached to this little crab now. It's like we call him Mr. Crab. He doesn't have a proper name. He's just Mr. Crab, and <laughs> he loves listening crab. loves listening to Crab Rave. But uh, this little guy, um, once I like I went down in the morning and I was like, oh shit, and I see a dead crab skeleton. I'm like, oh god, he's dead. Little did I know that crabs have exoskeletons, and he had only moved into a bigger form. He has since shed two exoskeletons and he has tripled his size and now he's trying to escape the tank. This guy is like, he looks you in the eyes with a steely look like I'm going to, he's going to be like rowdy. He's going to escape from jail and feck all of us up. I can, I can tell you crabs are badass. So that's my message of the week is crabs are fecking lethal, badass killing machines. (laughs) Before, before you know it, it transforms into a head crab and it jumps onto you and sucks your brains out. Thank you. Yeah. That's going to help me sleep at night, Nathan. (laughs) Cheers. Great, yeah. Thanks for that. So Nathy got embarrassed live on stream, and Zim has crabs. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's a summary that's, of this that's introduction. That's Thank a, you. Yeah. A, a great start. And then, last but by no means least, myself, the host of the show, Mike from Virtual. Oh wait, I should, I should, I should have added. <laughs> Well, I'm gonna keep on making that joke. I know. So yeah, we got a we got a busy show for everyone out there. Uh, we are going to be uh, talking about uh, the Harry Potter Wizards Unite. We're gonna give our impressions uh, of the live stream of the Vive Cosmos, even though we probably won't be talking that much about it. And uh, we'll also be talking about uh, a little bit of hands-on on Boneworks, mm-hmm. and of course, much much more. But let's start as always with the highlights of this week, and I'm giving the table to Nathy. Okay, uh, I just came back from Los Angeles, so I kind of need to uh, think about <laughs> what I actually did and what I played. <laughs> so uh, the last, the last uh, thing I uh, I played was uh, was The Walking Dead uh, once again at Servio's their office. Uh, they invited me over. Uh, funny enough, uh, Netflix was also there. I don't know what they were doing, but. Yeah, maybe there's a documentary about about beats about um, uh, raw data or something. I don't know. I I have no idea. Super secret. Uh, Anyways, uh, I I was there with my own Netflix show uh, (laughs) to uh, to check out uh, the Walking Dead game. And um, yeah, so I did a video there with uh, one of the developers talking about Mm -hmm. what they have been working on. And um, it's it's super cool that um, that AMC is for the first time like on board with making a VR game because they have been making so many titles before, but it never something in virtual reality. Right. Yeah. And, um, so I, I played it and, um, it was, it's, it's a solid demo that they have. Uh, you play as Rick Grimes 
and you can um, you can decide what difficulty you want to go for. You have like I think four difficulties from super noob to super pro. Wait, wait, um, are the, do the difficulties have like names of like? Because that would be cool if like you know the lowest difficulty is like I don't know, like Carl. Carl. And then you got like, uh, I don't know, like uh, Rick Grimes and then like uh, Michonne, Michonne and like go like up yeah, to no, the ladder I'm, and stuff like I'm, that. I'm sure, I'm sure they have all names, but in this demo, I could only pick one uh, difficulty. Um, but this this system they have, this new gameplay uh, system in where you can use a knife, uh, you can really stick it into a zombie and then pull it out and you feel it, but also grab a zombie by its neck and, you know, finish them off. It's super satisfying it's it's great uh, but uh this 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 vr game they've been working on it's a a survival title obviously it's the walking dead yeah. and you can play it single player or with with friends it has a co-op too uh, it follows uh, the storyline of the character you you play and you get to you know uh, uh wield all kinds of famous famous uh, weapons of course from the series um but it's it's really a part of the Walking Dead series. It's not just an alternative storyline. No, you really go to, I think in the demo, you go to Alexandria and it kind of looks like it. And you kind of get into the vibes. If you watched it, of course, if you never watched it, you're like, what the heck is he talking about? <laughs> um, but this this melee system they have is so, so nice. Also, you need to be very careful with the ammunition you have. You constantly need to loot in like these creepy supermarkets and hear all these zombies running around. And it's it's creepy. It's really creepy. It has an arcade feel to it, but uh, it's it's a nice. Uh, I think it's going to be a nice game. So uh, I, I was wondering because if you if you're like a fan of the series, like the zombies are only like you know, like one threat throughout the entire series. The bigger mm -hmm. threat is actually that you know you're, you're locked in with like people and people oh, yeah, can yeah. be often worse. Did you did you see like anything of that in the game as well? Like you know hostile mm. groups? No. Or... no, but that would be interesting. I I I'm curious if they have been uh, um, you know uh, playing around with that. I hope so because it's a big part, of course, of The Walking Dead. Who can you trust yeah. and who you can't trust? I don't think the game is really surrounded by you talking to characters and having to make the right decision to you know ask them something that you want to know or you know it's not really about dialogue or where you can change mm -hmm. the story i think it's kind of like on rails but i don't know i played the demo so i can't really say but mm -hmm. if they don't have that in there mm -hmm. it would be a missed opportunity i would say and uh, did you have the indication that there was a storyline underlying in the demo itself oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so so in this demo you had to um you had to actually scavenge some some items and then in the end escape so I think every mission has its own like goal and hopefully Servios is able to keep that spiced up and interesting uh, along yeah. the along the way. But it's cool that mm. you can play as Michonne, as Rick Grimes. So in the end, if you play co-op, and I think this game is going to shine in co-op, you can play as, as all these famous characters together. I, I feel like this single player is fun. But come on, man! Like it's The Walking Dead. You want to play this with friends? That's yeah. the way. Yeah. Was uh, was there any uh, indication of, of like uh, voiceovers in that? Because I would have thought that like if you're playing a particular character, do you hear yourself? Um. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You actually talk as, and you have a full body. So when you look down, you're really Rick Grimes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you have his, you know, revolver, and but it's funny that you can use. Uh, weapons from other characters too so it's like rick grimes with negan his bat 
it's like the weirdest combo ever, but it works. And you can really swing the bat with two hands, and it feels heavy. You can, yeah, you can. It's so, it's so satisfying. You know, finishing up the zombies is great. It, it really is. Yeah. Oh, it's especially nice to see that, like, with every like VR game that they're making, they're it's like they're adding something new to like the formula. You know, also with this system of like yes. adding way to weapons and yeah. like yeah. getting like sticking weapons into zombies. Like, I I can't wait up until like other developers yeah. like you know kind of like sneak into that as well and start yeah. doing those kind of things. Well, the uh, best thing cool. of all is that at the start you uh, you find a machete and you can turn it around so you can just have it like this. So you grab the zombie and then it's like. Ah. So you can really spin it around too and use it in different ways. So. so you mean so you mean you can actually like invert the knife, the blade, yeah, and exactly. put it along your arm just it's for like a little listeners. CSGO swifty swoop swoop move where huh. you can change your knife in different positions. But yeah, there are weapons everywhere and there are things in the in the world that you can use like dynamite or it's it's as I said last week, it's an arcadey game, but I think as a co-op, we should be very happy this is around because we need more co-op. Cool. Yeah. Cool. What about you, Zim? Um, me. So uh, I finally got. We, we we highlighted a game a couple of weeks ago now, probably uh, probably a fortnight, um, which I which I thought looked a lot like the Invisible Hours, and it's it was presented by um, by Sci-Fi. It's called Eleven Eleven, where you play this kind of in this mm-hmm. on this on this basically alien planet, Earth-like you could call it. I don't know why they called it an island world. I guess it was way more water than Earth, Scott. Uh, but it's basically like time's ticking down and you run, you know, one storyline, you run another storyline and you see them intermix, not, not as dramatically as was portrayed in the invisible hours, which is like one of my favorite VR games of all time. Um, but it's still up there. It really had vibes of like the great sea, which is, uh, kind of a filmic short. If anyone hasn't played that yet, um, I think that lasted maybe 30, 40 minutes tops. It was really short but really polished and, and really showed like what story in VR could be. And this is a bit like that. So you can free roam or you can follow a character um, or you can actually go first person and walk around the world, which I thought was pretty cool or enter goddess mode and kind of like look down on everything and navigate easily that way throughout the map. So and all of these different modes, did you, did you have to use them throughout the game or were they just optional? No, they're just optional. So you're, you're not, oh, okay. the only thing you're forced, they, they, they do force you a little bit. You can't just like skip to the end. So like in the Invisible Hours, it, the game was chunked into kind of three or four acts. I can't remember exactly how many acts. And then this game is you start off on one fixed character and it kind of tutorializes you at that, at that time. It teaches you how to move the camera around, how to swap between things, how to free walk, all that. Um, and you see that straight through. And then you can just hop between characters. And there's one mm-hmm. character they save for the very end. And it's kind of the whole, um, uh, let's say, it, it's the surprise of the game. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, play, I played it too. You did it's, as well. It's amazing how they do it. Yeah. I, I, well, the thing I liked was, um, although it didn't resonate with me as, as well as those other two games that I mentioned, like I would have pushed uh, Invisible Hours first and Great Sea second and this third, it's still a game that like is a very is very high on my consider rating. It's because it's, it's got a lot of really good things like the visuals, the characters themselves are quite different and, and actually the world they build out in. Um, I really wanted to spend more time in it. Um, and, and the other thing that really popped for me was just the intro trailer. There's this really cool cinematic at the beginning that like wraps right around you like this long, wide uh, bit of fabric, almost like tails like you would have had etched on the cave wall. And uh, it, and it just works really, really well. And it's uh, pretty impressive. So if anyone's looking for a kind of a nice, 
single player game, then I think that that's a pretty decent one. It took me two hours to get through it. Most people yeah. are quoting just 90 about minutes. To ask. Yeah. yeah. Did you play it right the way not... through or did you just dip your toes in it? No, I, I just did my toes in it. The, yeah. the game that I played the all the way through was indeed the Invisible Hours. Yeah. Yeah. All that game. And and you got to the uh, you got to the hotel room in that? Yeah, I, I did everything. Good. Yeah, yeah, good, and... good, good, good. Yeah, because so, the secrets uh, in that are like amazing. So, so when we're going to the chat, uh, mm -hmm. a lot of people have been playing games as well, of course. Uh, we have uh, Flippo side who played Carnage uh, VR. Uh, VR Pro says, uh, Trevor saves the universe. I was like, Trevor from GTA, <laughs> but it's Trover. Um, and Nano played uh, uh, Onward. Uh, Jeremy played uh, one of Rowdy's favorites, Star mm. Shelter. Oh, yeah, very, yeah. very nice Classic, game. right? Classic. And they've been updating it too. Have so. you tried that by now already, Sim? Since you've been saying it for a while that you want to check that one out. Uh, Star Shelter. It's the one like that I always say, like it's a little bit like Subnautica in space. I think what I, I think I yeah I don't think I've seen I don't think I've seen the updates to it. So I had I had played it okay. originally, but I don't think it was as fleshed out as you were saying. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. no, no, not recently. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Buck who played Audica, Firewall Zero Hour, Assetto Corsa, Contractors with Zim, um, oh, and uh, uh, Vato played uh, Vader Immortal, and uh, the rest of the week he's preparing for Snowdon Climb. I don't Snowdon know. Climb? I don't know. So good, good luck. I was going to say, that sounds like uh, Ed Snowden is going to go climb Mount Everest or something. <laughs> <laughs> judging, judging by the recent deaths I on Everest. I have no idea. I, 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 would, I would recommend... But ha have fun. Have fun. <laughs> sounds like a good, well, then, sounds like uh, a good cast of things. Anyway, Star yeah, Shelter, um, I'll put it on my... Uh, on my to-do list. Yeah, you should. You yeah. should. It's yeah. a it's a it's a great title. I haven't tried it in a, in a while myself actually either. So maybe I should drive back in and uh, especially if people are still playing it, there must be a lot of stuff that has been added still. Mm. Uh, so for myself, uh, oh, I, I played some Pavlov and some Contractors, but the thing I wanted to highlight this week was actually not uh, not my highlight, but it's uh, it's my girlfriend's highlight. Uh, oh. She is uh, a volunteer in the in human humanitarian sector, and in the past week, she's been to a to a convention in uh, in Brussels, and uh, she you guys know she's not that big into virtual reality, mm. uh, and it's mainly because she's not really a gamer. But uh, she came back and she was like absolutely thrilled because she had a, a VR experience there as well. Oh. Um, and in total, she had two experiences actually. So she uh, the experience that she first had was that she um, was actually in Sudan with some kind of uh, Italian NGO. And it was a 50-minute story that was going through the rural communities of Sudan. They were showing what the NGO was doing there for what kind of humanitarian work, how they were helping the children, who they were providing healthcare to. Uh, and the experience was really made in a way that she felt like she was part of that NGO team. And she was absolutely flabbergasted by huh. that like she she really was like oh she she even i think she even applied for a position there that she might uh, she might later go and do uh, so that was one one of the experiences and the second one was um, a five minute story of a, of a young african girl who lived in a rural community in africa and this experience really highlighted like the struggles and what she had to go through on a, on a very very personal level and there were a lot of whole like a lot of like high profile high profile people that actually had a lot of money that also tried this and then they really felt connected to her afterwards and they also pledged their support and wow. i thought that was interesting to see vr being used in this setting as well uh, because it's like more of like a, a means of making people aware of certain issues that might seem yeah. like they're very far away yeah. but by putting it into a vr experience mm -hmm. they can be brought like very close and very personal so 
I thought that was a, yeah. a great way of using virtual reality as well, beyond it, like the things that we usually talk about. My number one frustration with that, I would say, is um, the accessibility of that content is usually limited to the show. Um, and you, you like getting a copy of it, it usually um, either lags and is available on Oculus Home sometime later or is never available again. Like mm. there was a game that, a game, kind of an app, that I uh, that showed kind of rape victims and and I I couldn't finish it. It was the first VR title I ever couldn't finish, and that was at VR yeah. at OC four. And I went through it, and I was just like, you know, it wasn't like super amazing VR wise, but it was just be able to be able to see a person standing in front of you telling their tale, and and the yeah. kind of proximity of that. So I, I I totally echo what you're saying about the power of that as a medium, mm-hmm. uh, not only yeah, for we'll, education. We'll talk but... about that a little bit later as well, uh, because it is an interesting an interesting topic just in general. Oh, yeah. But I, I think for a show floor, this is because they had a lot of Oculus Go that they used. They were because I, mm. I took like a picture. There was like twelve of them that were just Jeez. laying on the table. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they were really. I think it was it is a great way because these people they have already a hard time getting funding for their projects because it it often feels like it's like such a far of my bad show you know it doesn't really happen like anywhere near so a lot yeah, of people yeah. are not interested but when once you can put them into a position like that they you you get that emotional trigger often and you yeah. get people to like support your cause. so i think that is a is a great use of, of vr of like making people aware of like the issues that are that are happening around you even though they might not seem that close yeah there, actually for anyone who's looking for a similar experience there's some bbc offerings that are available for yeah. free. Um, there was one in particular about a boat crossing. I don't remember what country's uh, citizens were um, were, were yeah. refugees, but there's a couple of refugee ones that are really worth doing, and they they they, they imbue you with emotion that yeah. going into it you think, nah, I've got a heavy shield, like you know, that's not going to make a dent, and then it gets in you, and you're like, oh shit, like it puts you in that spot of being in the boat. And maybe the boat sinking, or you know, you having some trouble on the way. Yeah, it's called uh, we wait. We wait as yeah, that's an excellent one. Exactly. There's another one as well. There's a second one. I can't remember the name. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Cool. All right. Now, uh, before we get into quick news uh, this week, I want to say a thank you to the sponsor of this episode uh, of the F Reality Podcast, which is CodeSync with the latest title, uh, Shadow Point. So uh, Shadow Point is a mysterious story-driven puzzle game where you take the role of Alex Burkett, trying to uncover the mystery of a missing schoolgirl, Lorna McCabe, who vanished from Shadow Point Observatory roughly 12 years ago. Now, guided by Edgar Mansfield, who is narrated by the one and only Sir Patrick Stewart, you will have to you will have to solve mind-bending puzzles to uncover the truth. So, if you want to go and check out Shadow Point, it's available now on the Oculus Rift and Oculus Quest, and there's a link to it in the description below. Oh All right, God. I, I have to say, I, I've been I've been trying my level best to beat the pendulum level. <laughs> I went back and I was like, oh God, there's more than one pendulum. There's like twenty pendulums. And uh, I, I'm, I'm like trying to race Mike to beat it. I don't know if he's tried it again yet, but now that I've got a week spare and he can't say well, anything because he's not here today, yeah. it gives me an extra week. So you, I'm going to have to use have it. Have you beaten it though? Have you? No, have it's you... freaking hard. Oh my God. Like the first pendulum is kind of tough enough. And then I managed to screw up the level. So I, I teleported through a wall <laughs> where I shouldn't have. And then, and then I'm like looking at it like six other pendulums. I'm like, oh, geez, I didn't know it was going to be this bad. <laughs> but uh, yeah, looking forward to finishing well, it finally. Let's say, let's say if Mike is going to win from you and you really want to, you know, do your <laughs> How last many trick. are you going to eat? <laughs> then, then you know what you should do? You should like share a save game with someone else and be like, hey, Mike, oh, I just finished it. Oh, I was so fast. Suddenly I, I got it all. 
There you go. Uh, <laughs> that won't work for me, unfortunately. All my stuff is live. So uh, you'll be able to look back and be like, hang on a second. Uh, where's all this time? Anyway. Anyway. All right. So uh, let's jump into the quick news of this week. So first up is uh, Vader Immortal. So Star Wars Vader Immortal Episode 1 has already arrived on the Oculus Quest last month as a, as a launch title. We all played it. Um, now they have also launched it on the Rift and the Rift S and the same price. $9.99 and it also supports cross-buy which means that if you already own it on the quest you'll be able to download it on the rift or Rift S for free and uh, i think all <coughs> of us actually agree that it is a great title and with the graphical power behind a pc you get all those pretty vi visuals so it will likely be an even better experience i haven't tried it yet myself though i don't know if any of you already booted it up on pc i saw the, the, yeah. the twitter post from from mike and uh, yeah, it's impressive, but I haven't really played it myself. Yeah, I like that he did the side by side. For anyone who didn't, who doesn't already um, follow Mike in particular on Twitter, he does these nice uh, side by sides and things like that. And I found it really interesting to see, particularly the lighting. The lighting is what stood out to oh, yeah, me the lighting. in yeah. terms of the difference. And to be honest, what I'm really looking forward to trying, uh, I, I am purposefully delaying, but um, I want to try it uh, with my own, you know, headphones as opposed to the onboard rail audio that I did it when I used Quest because again, lightsaber buzz, you know, in that in that volumetric space, definitely wanna see more of yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. Then uh also this week, uh, Twisted Pixel Games, uh, which are the developers behind Defector, uh, announced that the game would finally launch on Rift on the 11th of July, which is actually not that far away, wow. for 19.99. And they also mentioned, and I quote, uh, it contains branching gameplay so that the outcome of each mission is determined by your choices and actions. This single-player adventure is much more driven by spectacle and story. Every level in Defector has optional objectives. Complete enough of them, and you'll earn some really cool unlocks. Some will mm -hmm. even change the visuals of the game, okay. which I thought well, is a is a finally. pretty unique thing in in virtual reality to have yeah. branching storyline and also uh, like unlocks that actually do something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they they definitely had enough time to polish this one. I feel like this game has been yeah. put in the fridge for so long. It was supposed to come out on the on the uh, Oculus yeah. Rift CV one because last year I played it at E three. I felt like it was about to come out back then. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, I think then... we've all had this title quite high uh, up, up up in our high expectations list already for uh, for quite yeah. a while, right? I, yeah. if this I, would, I think you're kind of screwed. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm saying I saw Defectors trailer, and mm -hmm. then I got to play Blood and Truth. You know, it's like I, I now I'm going to have to play Defector after playing Blood and Truth. I kind of think they're screwed. I kind of think they're not going to be able to reach that level. Well, let's see. I don't know. I think I, think... I don't know. Like I, I was like, I, I I love Blood and Truth, but at a certain point, I was thinking it would be cool if there was like you know a branching storyline that you know the ending would be different in certain kind of ways. Uh, I, am I giving anything well, away? It is. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, it's different. You don't. Anyway, I I will uh, I will save it. But the ending is not always the same. What it, you mean? Is blood based and on truth your, or defector? Uh, blood and truth, and it's it's okay, based yeah, on your actions. Not always, that, but that's it's not okay. always the same. That's actually a motivational thing you're telling here, because that means that you can play it in a more careful way. Like, well, what could this mean if I do this now? Now, I'm <laughs> not saying that there are seven different endings. But there are multiple <laughs> okay. endings, and I will okay. say nothing more. So anyway, okay, I did. I didn't know that. Yep. I didn't know that. Interesting. 
It, but it's um, great. It's great because then, like, when you don't know it, and then it just like you come to learn it, you're like, ah, oh, feck! Now yeah. I gotta go play it again. <laughs> I need to play it all again now. Like, yeah, yeah. I learned that I when I learned that with the original Deus Ex. Like, I beat it, and I and they're like, there's multiple endings, dude. But it, like, it's oh, weird. Man. Like the Factor and Blood and Truth are kind of look like. Kind of the same ballpark. That's what I was saying. And They're I never, very similar. Very like similar. before, like when I played uh, Defector the first time, there was no Blood and Truth at all. There yeah, was just this, yeah. you know, London Heist demo. That's yeah. it. But I played it. It was fun. But I hope it hasn't been laying around for too long. That's the all. That's all I'm like worried about. Interestingly, in the in the blog post itself, they also commented on why they went with a VR game and not just a, a, a regular pancake game. Sure. And they responded this to it. Uh, There's no way that a flat medium could convey the insanity of grabbing the wheel of a sports car and driving it out of a plane 30,000 feet in the sky. <laughs> it's both ridiculous and awesome, something we could never do in real life and, and, and an experience that makes VR exhilarating. Yeah, well, any, yeah. anyone who's played I Expect You to Die's first level is going to really appreciate that. Because did anyone yeah. else get blue balls over the fact that you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah I get yeah. to drive out, I get to drive out, and then it's fades it to black. It's like, yeah. what? Come <laughs> on, this, guys. This title is freaking insane. When I played that demo, I jumped out of a plane. I was like using uh, like this, what was it, like parachute? Paraglider. And yeah, then there was another it. plane, and I slammed the door open, and then I like shot some guys, and then I got through the other door again and jumped out again it is like it's not as open as it sounds but it's kind of scripted in some ways but sometimes you have the option to hey should i just jump out of the plane now or should i drive a car and get out of the plane so but, there are some but that's where i wonder if it's got a kind of a differentiation vector that's going to make it maybe a better experience than blood and truth in some respects because there are things like blood and truth is very on rails in my opinion like there's a lot of it, it is an on, it, a lot it is of on segments rails, which literally are literally on the rails. literally like it is many now, scenes. in the factory you can just run around and use exactly. the thumbsticks to do whatever you want to do yeah i'm just nice. imagining a video that you know viper or someone's going to put together he just like he just like ducks down and hits the guy in the balls twice you know i mean <laughs> yeah. that, that's going to happen but you can do that of course it is yeah that's part of vr as well yeah <laughs> Uh, so next up is uh, Pen and Teller VR. Uh, now Gearbox Software announced an upcoming game from the magic comedy duo Pen and Teller called "Hold Your Horses." I now Pen and Teller VR, frankly unfair. No, frank, frankly unfair, unkind, unnecessary, and underhanded, which abbreviates to VR. F U U U and U, which I thought was fairly <laughs> cleverly found. The game takes you through more than 10 cruel magic tricks that Gearbox says will leave your loved ones screaming and you cackling maniacally. Now, uh, Nathie, if I understand correctly, you already tried this game? Oh, yes. Oh, nice. Yes, I didn't mention it uh, until now. And yes, I tried it. Um, what platform? So, I played it uh, on the Rift S and I played it on the Quest as well. I played oh, right. uh, both uh, versions. So uh, this game, this experience is a party title. Um, you could compare it to uh, to Covert mm -hmm. because uh, one person needs to have uh, a, a browser open or something on their mobile phone. And um, there was one uh, um, little demo that I can tell you about is that, so I was in VR. I was wearing a costume. I was on a stage with one of those two uh, magician comedy uh, dudes, and um, but the actual I guys. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of those. Like two. Wow. Yeah, you it was very well. Jesus. Made. Yeah, 
Um, and uh, I was I was wearing this funny costume where I had teeth on both like here and here. I was like inside a mouth, basically. And then he was throwing me a bullet or he would know he was shooting a bullet, actually. And I had to catch it with that mouth. Um, but the funny part was I was in VR, but the person from Gearbox was not. But I had to give my controller to him and he had to shoot at me in the end. So the controllers become an external thing. So that's you actually lend a, a controller to someone really else nice. and that's how you play all kinds of stuff. So it's like covert on Oculus Go, but now with, with a controller it, and you can share it. it. It sounds also from the description a little bit like, like it's like a party game. You know? It like is. One it is that a party you do. game. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's neat. Yeah, I like it that. is. That's awesome. No, like I, I really like it. I, I can't think of another title that does that where yeah. <clears throat> you take player one's controllers and give them away yeah. and then they become a and that's why you need and that's why you need your phone or computer because then you can see what you're pointing at because otherwise you would never know what you are shooting at so you're you're kind of getting a sneak peek into this mixed reality <laughs> camera so you can also see what's going on that's, that's i know right did, like did you like I think it I, did you have fun it, it was fun yeah and they like it wasn't just that he also did some magic card tricks and stuff like that outside <laughs> of they were just trolling me with like tricks. So I mean, Super I don't know weird. if you know these guys, but like they're they're these are like pieces of furniture. Penn and Teller are huge yeah. names. Uh, so you met one of them? No, well, in VR. Oh right, right, right. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I thought you meant you were like. I thought they were there. I was like, no. Hey. But it was. I can tell you, it was so strange because at E3 they had Borderlands. Okay, uh -huh. huge ass game, huge ass booth, and then this 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 VR title they have been working on. Small team. Like somewhere outside of E3, like this this weird ass ghost alleyway. And then I, I was waiting for my demo. Then Ben Lang came out from Road to VR. <laughs> I said, like, this is great. And then he just left. I'm like, okay, so let's see, let's find out. But it was fun. Yeah, it's 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 just a, a very unique concept where you yeah. can just especially on Quest, I think. I think Rift S or a Vive or because oh. they're I, I think they're gonna bring it out on every platform it's not just oculus stuff also Vive um but I think it's gonna be easier with a quest of oh. course a standalone headset to share your controller so I think yeah. this is an awesome awesome uh, gem and I hope it will get the advertisement that this serves yeah. because I told you the story now and now suddenly it's way more interesting yeah, yeah. yeah. it's because yeah, you have definitely. to experience it and then share it with someone else yeah. That's cool. Yeah, especially the sharing part is the thing that makes it interesting. Yeah, I like, think so too. The, yeah, uh, like the power of the of the quest is also like a little bit like how easy it is to show it to people. And if you have games like that in like a party, yeah, uh, that's a, that's a great way of showing VR and how much fun it can be. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So next bit of quick snooze is that uh, Oculus has launched its official set of mixed reality capture tools for the Oculus Quest, and it is now allowing users to record high quality footage mixed with actual real objects and people. I did, I did a little bit of digging around to see like how this would actually work. Uh, then my initial excitement like got a little bit tempered. <laughs> Because what you need for this is, of course, you need a PC and a camera. So I expected that already. They need to meet the performance requirements of mixed reality capture, which is already quite high. But then you would also need an Oculus Rift or a Rift S next to your Quest because uh, you need to configure and perform the setup. After you've done that, then you can get rid of it. But once you need to like reset it up, then you need to 
to have it again. Yeah. So okay. that's a bit, it's a bit weird. Right. So you need an Oculus Rift or a Rift S to use or to set up your Oculus Quest for mixed reality capture. Oh. Um, what I don't understand is that they never like that's what what HTC did like the trackers right these bucks yeah they're super handy they use it for mixed reality they use it to get like things tracked I don't know why Oculus never used one of those you know like some some external trackers yeah no way cheaper Mm -hmm. as well than buying a complete rift for your (laughs) quest like you have a quest because you didn't wanted to buy a rift right so I don't know yeah but the whole limb tracking thing like I'm surprised there hasn't been a, a, a real competitor, even third party competitor to like the, uh, to the original pucks. Cause they're kind of, yeah, they're not only kind of big, they obviously use the, you know, HTC Vive system for tracking. And I would think to, it'd be interesting to see something that just tries a different way, you know, for tracking mm-hmm. a limb or whatever. Cause I would think that people would start to integrate that if, if someone got it cheap enough, easy enough to kind of put on on the body even if it was like a gyro based tracker and it wasn't super effective you know the game could assume that you know if it's on your feet it's going to be below you unless it moves and so you know it doesn't have to be as accurate as your hands i would have thought Mm -hmm. that someone would have done that already have you guys seen anything no not that i know i don't know like most reality videos you have you have things that use like connect as well, eh? like uh, that they use country. it like that, uh, yeah. and you can use that in combination with some uh, mixed reality tools as well. Well, um, there's there's MR tools that, um, and I think Live either published this or are going to shortly, where you don't need like a green screen and all green that. Screen. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I all I got came really close to buying a uh, a V2 Connect for that reason, and they're not yeah, that expensive yeah. right right now. Although they'll True. become more rare. But the, of course, like the the quality of the camera is a little bit. Nah, yeah, like I'm, I'm still waiting for like better 3D cameras to arrive in like yeah. a, a format oh, yeah. like that for for us to be using. So like that. in the chat, we do have some requests for this link you have been uh, talking about. So we will make sure it's in there uh, after the show. Yeah, it's actually on the Oculus uh, Dev Block. Uh, it's actually on there where they also give all the information on what kind of tools that you need. Yep. Uh, because after you, you still need a couple of more things. So you need to, the PC, the camera, the Oculus Rift, Rift S. Uh, you also need to use an app that supports mixed reality, of course, uh, because not all games support mixed reality. This is only meant for Unity apps that are built on a certain version of the Oculus integration. So before you like want to play your your favorite game it needs to be supported with that and it's only unity games or unity apps uh, the so only other thing i'll mention because i saw this land this week there were um uh, there were actually controller and headset updates firmware updates pushed uh, by oculus i was so nervous clicking the update button like it's just so nervous I, it's like i've been hearing about people bricking various bits and pieces and i'm like okay and i did it live as well so you know that's a bad oh, combination my. so yeah, uh, i i updated this week as well but like mm. I would say, if anyone's looking to integrate tools like MR tools and stuff like that, before you do it, make sure your stuff is latest update. And, yeah, and, and Godspeed, good luck to you. <laughs> <laughs> what an ending! Demotivating wow. everyone to even yeah, try great. it. Don't yeah. at me if it breaks your equipment, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then for the last bit of quick news. Um, it's not VR, it's AR, because uh, Harry Potter Wizards Unite uh, got released. Uh, now, Mike told us that he's off celebrating his birthday today, but I think we all well know that he's actually out yeah. with his wife playing Harry Potter yeah. <laughs> Wizards Unite. <laughs> uh, because he's actually the expert on this case. He put me on today, and I don't know anything about this kind of stuff. 
Um, I'll, I'll tell you what the game is about, though. So it is the second game from uh, Port Key Games. Uh, so you can expect a lot of strange and familiar magical occurrences, which could could take the shape of anything from Harry Potter up to Fantastic Beast. Mm -hmm. uh, you can expect characters from the shows. You can expect uh, magical creatures, artifacts. All the while, you're traveling the wide, wide world on your phone. <laughs> huh. So uh, the story itself, uh, it revolves around you working together with your friends uh, to try and contain something called the calamity. Got no idea what that means. Uh, and the things that you bump into are foundables. Got no idea what that means either. <laughs> um, I love it because I don't either. Like, like, yeah, it's all for like, you know, hardcore fans. I mean, I've seen the movies, but I don't remember any of this kind does, of stuff. Does it have Woggletrobs in there? It probably does. It has a okay. lot of stuff in there because I, I was just reading up on it and there's a lot of like references to, to both of the movies. Um, so you also can skill up uh, as you go. Um, you can, for example, also pick up ingredients while you're traveling through the world. You can make potions. You can cast spells. It seems like it is a lot more jam-packed with features than uh, yeah. than um, the Pokemon Go is. Because, of course, if you, if you release an AR game, the comparison with... Uh, with Pokemon Go is there. It's inevitable, um, yeah. It's inevitable. But from everything that I've read so far, it kind of blows it out of the water. It's it's apparently really, really good. It, now, it's still I don't based know on map data, though, I think. So it's mm. this, the kind of skeleton yeah, yeah, data yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, so, yeah, so. Um, mm. I found an article that said that just based on looks alone, uh, Harry Potter Wizards Unite already runs circles around Pokemon Go. So the Harry mm. Potter map is also much more busy, much more alive. You got owls and colorful paper airplanes that glide over the phone screen. You got clouds that are sliding by. There's a moon that rises in the evening. You got oh. chimney smokes to indicate there's an inn what? that is replenishing its food supply. And also a very nice thing. I found that hilariously funny because now we can already see Mike playing this in his car. Uh, so if you play in a car, eh, please don't play and uh, play and drive. But if you play in a car, then you fly over the road on a magic broomstick. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if wow. if Harry Potter is your kind of thing, uh, I think we're wow. playing the trailer as well. So, so Rowdy, uh, it is free uh, to install. In the chat, Buck is asking if it also has half half lumps and woozles. Uh, I don't know if those are real things, but if if they're if they are real Harry Potter things, then yeah. I'm sure that they'll have. If them. if you didn't know, uh, Rowdy's a muggle. He he just didn't realize yet. Yeah, I don't need magic. I just punch people in the face. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. I don't think Harry would approve. Yeah, just watch out you don't confuse a Dementor with your mother-in-law while you're riding a hippogriff down the fruit of Vagal of your local supermarket, right? <laughs> Oh my God! Heffalumps <laughs> and woozles. Yeah, those are the only things I know: dementors and hippogriffs. Well, <laughs> I'm speechless. I, I I know nothing about Harry Potter. I think I've tried. I, I thought you were a little bit into this kind of yeah. stuff, so like, uh, I'm big AI, into right? I'm big into the AR games. I really liked the <laughs> Walking Dead be... AR game. I liked. Oh, I even liked apparently... um the AR game for Jurassic Park. It was pretty good for a time, where you're shooting darts at dinosaurs and stealing their DNA. That was kind of fun, <laughs> but. I, I mean, I'll try game. it. The, it can't be any worse than the Christian faith uh, Pokemon <laughs> Go equivalent where you collect saints and you go around like punishing people for their sins. That you was creepy. That. I did play that. I had it installed. It's now permanently in my uh, my iOS store uh, library. So there you, you go. Wait, yeah. you paid for it as well? Uh, no, it was free. Thank God. No, okay. literally. Thank God. Also, Rowdy, uh, Heffalombs and Woozles are from Winnie the Pooh, but uh, just wanted to... Uh, huh? Oh, really? What, what, yeah. what are they then? 
I love the epic it's, it's when he has his nightmare, those elephants with the honey and stuff. They play and it's this weird ass trippy nightmare dream I, thing. I, we need to have we need to have Winnie the Pooh in VR. That sounds amazing. I grew up too quickly. Winnie the Pooh in VR, yeah. Okay, that's another subject for another episode. Another I episode. Would say. Yeah. Have you ever seen like the like we're getting a little bit off topic again, but have oh. you ever seen like the the real artistic renderings of Winnie the Pooh characters? No. no? You never watch. You never watch Winnie the Pooh again after you see that. <laughs> oh okay. man. Okay. You need to. You need to link this in the podcast. Poor Igor. Poor Igor. Yeah. Please. I, <laughs> this, I take it he got hit with the ugly stick a little bit. <laughs> Usually, uh, Mike would now uh, beat us up for going off topic, but yeah, Mike is not here. We can do whatever the frick that we want to do. Woo! Swing the tassels, yeah. ladies. <laughs> nice. There we go. That's what I like. Yeah. That's yeah. it. All right. Let's uh, let's hand it over to Zim. And find out uh -oh. what games we should be playing next week. Or not. Or not. <laughs> or not. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, the beginning of this one is great. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna just fade into um uh in, in, into showing you. You're gonna have to guess what this game is. I like I like making you guys work for it a little bit. So uh there's a game that launched on PC VR, uh is available for Quest and Index. Do either of you know the name? The tagline for our audio listeners that they're looking at on a static screen says, I am dead, who killed me? And now we play the Jeopardy music. I am dead, who killed me? Dun, dun. Wait, is this like an anagram or something? <laughs> no, it's not an anagram. Uh, this game, uh, which I think is actually very much dovetailed to what we were talking about earlier surprisingly uh it's called tokyo chronos and it is it's got it's 15 to 20 hours playtime, so that's oh, the kind of yes. headline this is yes. a vr mystery novel by from the producer of sword art on online uh it's Ooh. apparently got an engrossing story with story duration as a set of about 20 hours over 5,000 lines of professionally voiced uh dialogue multiple routes and multiple endings and so as you're progressing through the story, you make decisions. And one of the things that it talks about, it says, where does the truth lie? To kill or not to kill? You decide. Is it, this is a VR game. This is a VR game. Isn't, it, isn't this a comic kind of VR game where you constantly need to talk to characters while standing in their Yes, worlds? so it's, a, it's basically a kind of a 360 environment game is the way I would put it. And Tokyo Kronos is, uh, is an evolving, it's kind of like a choose your own adventure novel. Um, now, unfortunately, the trailer doesn't really show you any gameplay. Yeah, though, exactly. Which is, which is kind of annoying. Uh, but I've <laughs> seen some gameplay and it, it looks decent enough. It's what you would expect. It's kind of, you know, anime characters standing around you and you, you've got full motion looking around and you get to make decisions and decide based on what people are telling you. So there's a little bit of L.A. Noir kind of game yeah, mechanics I, Let's there. say I would definitely look it up. If you're interested in this, look up some gameplay because I was... Like I saw Terrence like, oh, okay. Uh, let, and then I watched, I was like, what the heck? This is not what I yeah, expected. Yeah, exactly. I was also like 20 hours of, with, with 20 hours of gameplay or 20 hours of voice recordings? Uh, 20 hours of gameplay. So story duration. Yeah. Oh, dang, that's but, a lot though. But yeah, so that, I mean, like, this is something that similar, having just played 11.11, right? This is something that I'm like, I need to try, I need to try this. And it's not cheap. It's 29.99 pounds. So it's 30 quid. Uh, so it's not a cheap game, but it is out on Quest, on PC VR, and even on now they're listing Index, of course, on the Steam Store. Index. 
But no it's, it's basically DK two or DK one, and this is available. <laughs> <laughs> no DK two or one. Um, ah. It is available uh, since the nineteenth of June. So, and I think some platforms got it on the twentieth, but we won't split hairs over this. But that seems mm. really nifty. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah it's strange that we haven't heard anything of that. One. I saw it, but the, again, this is another one of those. Remember last time we were talking about the kind of Asian market uh, getting shielded yeah. from from marketing in in the West, and I think this is one of those titles where it's a heavy hitter. We only get to hear a whisper of it, and it lands almost silently. So, yeah. There you well, go. I think you, there's one person you made very excited, and that's Palmer Lucky himself. <laughs> <laughs> Good. True. If I can get Palmer excited, then I've at least If he watches Palmer. our show, then we're doing well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, next one. Now, um, some of you would have heard my tales before of VR Room Escapes. Um, and this, although had, had become last year a little bit like the Wave Shooter, like everyone was making Room Escapes, and it's kind of like, all right, we've maybe had enough of these. There's one that has come out before, and I think we actually covered it on the show about a year ago when it landed. Um, so I'm, I'm proud to announce uh, that there is a sequel uh, to Escape First. So it's Escape First 2, which gets a little bit confusing in the name. Um, <laughs> especially because it's got a one in the name. It's really, really funny. This is by On Skull Games. Uh, this landed on the 20th of June. So again, this is playable now. Uh, PC VR, and again, Index, keep saying that. Uh, this is only four quid. It's a multiplayer uh, escape room game with up to, you can have six players in it. And there's two main modes. Uh, so you can either work together to kind of solve the puzzles and escape. There's three independent rooms. So for four pounds, you're basically paying a quid a room, which is totally cheap. If anyone's done real room escapes, then this is quite inexpensive. Or you can play against each other in a versus mode where you're all locked in kind of separate rooms and you have the same puzzles to solve and it's who gets out first. So that seems kind of cool as well. Unless it sounds like Saw. It, yeah. it does sound like Saw. Oh my God, we need a, we need a Saw game. No, we don't need that. We, we, go, from, we go from freaking Winnie the Pooh to Saw. This is unbelievable. <laughs> this is so F reality. We need right a here. mix of two, actually. Winnie the Pooh and Saw together. Oh my God. I can just imagine like Winnie sitting there with hypodermic needles jetting out of his body and he's screaming in pain. Okay, thank you. If you've just tuned in, this is a happy, friendly family we, podcast. We have uh, actually uh, a good comment from uh, Nim Sony. He says like, this game is uh, Escape Again, but first, but not, but first. <laughs> but anyway so like I, I thought the game looked pretty good um i'll just give you a, a clip about one of the levels that you can expect to play in this so the three uh levels are named psycho circus continued the torture chamber and behind the scenes which was really confusing as i was reading about the game because i'm like behind the scenes what so is that like dlc no it's just it's just the name of a level um so psycho circus says because the first game was also six players i haven't played it yet uh, and three levels. So this is like the, they're just doing another like content release under another title. That the original one released the tenth of May last year. This launched twentieth of June. So they're almost doing these once a once a year, which is pretty good cadence. And uh, this is this is an example uh, level. So you managed to escape the clown's quarters, but you are not yet free. Did you think it would be this easy to escape? The show must go on, and you are the exhibit. Think and act fast in order to escape the circus. We all know that clowns don't like other people touching their stuff. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Touching their stuff? That, uh, that came out wrong there. They shouldn't, have, they shouldn't have wrote that. Th those, no. are the, those are their words. Uh, the other game that I, I would just say that this reminds me of, having seen, uh, and like if you want to do multiplayer room escape, there's another really good title, uh, Haunting Hour. 
which is a four-player uh, game. Again, around about the $5 mark. Um, so I think you're getting pretty good value there. So again, if you convince your friends uh, in a quest night or two or whatever, mm. and then they all get VR headsets and you want to go in something together, but you're all at home, different individual homes, or maybe internationally, you can play this stuff together uh, from afar. Fun. There you go. Killer clowns. Killer clowns. From outer space. That, that didn't say that. <laughs> with, with Winnie the Pooh. With Winnie the Pooh. And uh, saw like intense scenes. And the insane Mike, Mike, Mike is going to listen this back. He's going to be like, what the heck? <laughs> what the heck is going on here? We need to make I sure he never leaves. Gone. We can yeah. finally be creative again. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, it's not it's not my breathing down on that. I can finally say what I wanna what I always wanted to say, and that's what I just said. Oh my god. <laughs> Lads, ladies, um we have been under a tyrant for many 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 a night. Yeah. We, yeah. we're, we're breaking free. We just want to break can we break into chorus here? Anyway, let's get on to the next one. This one is specifically for Mike, because he's a big fan of this game. So Face Your Fears 2, uh, which has been playable anyway on Quest for some time, has come to the Oculus Home Store. This is by Turtle Rock Studios. Good, well-known uh, development team. Uh, 21st, it landed, and it's $14.99 in pounds. So um, this one is something that I'm sure you have been aware of, and it's been out there. The original uh, Face Your Fear was was actually quite a uh, quite an interesting title. Um, and, and the weirdest thing about Face Your Fears 2, with such a big name, there's no bloody trailer for it. <laughs> There's still just still <laughs> images. And soak these still images in, lads and lassies, uh, because they will uh, they will haunt your nightmares. But um, I've I've played a bit of this actually this week, and uh, I played one of the two. It was the second uh, second one where you're going to this house as a. It was kind of like Resident Evil, right? Going to this house as a as an investigative journalist, and um, and bad things happen to you. You know, space yeah, I portal think that's opens the one up. I, played. I, I, um, I wasn't well, a huge fan of ghost it, to hunter? be honest. Yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, the ghost one, like where doors, you know, rooms open. The, the one thing that got me, and I won't, I'm just going to say one thing. Rowdy will get it, and anyone who's played it will get it. and won't spoil it. I'll just say bedsheet. That feckin' scared the hell out of me. I don't know why. I don't, I don't think that's the one that I played. Okay. I think uh, that's the one I might play. You, played, you probably played the one with the shed then? Yeah, 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 yeah. But it, like, it's it's interesting because like what Mike was saying last time was he was saying they've um they've uh, released a mode now so you can play it as just the segmented like the original like the original face your fears just drop in and play the fears independently or do the story mode where you wander about and I can now that I've kind of played it on the Rift S I can totally see why people would want that it's actually kind of what I would want as well just like mm-hmm. just just give me the fear thing I just want to jump in for a couple of minutes. Do that, like high quality run. I don't really want to be meandering around the level. Like old school face your fears one, basically. Yeah, well, the thing is the the wander around the level part, the atmospheric bit, I think they don't do quite as well. So it kind of feels like their first foray and they need to do a little bit better in it comparing to other, you know, fearful scare titles. Um, But, you know, the condensed kind Mm -hmm. of compartmentalized fear segments is something that they do. And I don't know of anyone else who does that as well maybe dk2 demos you know that did that but uh there ha- there isn't much of that anymore so there you go yeah 15 quid cool. for that the last bit of news um well worth mentioning and i saw someone in chat as well mention this which i thought was uh this is one of my favorite go games um by camouflage which is called republic republic vr originally uh, was a mobile game and it is coming uh, unfortunately end of july 
Um, so this isn't releasing next week, um, but it's it's news that dropped this week, and I thought it was worth mentioning to keep your eye on, particularly if you're an Oculus Go owner. Go check this out. Really, really, really long gameplay. Um, you play this character, this girl, uh, and and uh, you're embodying like a, a hacker who's looking through a series of cameras, uh, and you're interacting with parts in the game. It's very much like um, Metal Gear Solid in terms of the way it plays. And it's a long game. It's a Republic is a, quite a long game. So they announced this is coming to Quest now. What I'm really interested in is will it come with any kind of, you know, touch control support? Or am I really just going to be, is this going to be a, like a direct port? The price of it is apparently 10.99 in pounds. So given it's a relatively low price, I suspect we're looking at a port, uh, but still maybe worthwhile for people who are kind of like, as we've heard, really clawing and itching for more, uh, more content, content on yeah. Quest. Yeah. So not a bad filler if, if you're looking for one. Way longer than I was thinking. You get to the end of the first uh, chapter uh, or the first episode, as they call it, and there's five episodes. And you're like, oh, is that it? That the game's already over. I only, you know, only played for three hours. And then you realize there's four more episodes to go. So it's really good. If you're into hackery stuff, then that one uh, is one you can look out for in July. Mm, nice. So there you go. But um, uh, the highlight of the of the of the kind of real today, I think, is Tokyo Kronos. That's a really interesting one. And like what Rowdy said, I'm, I'm really curious to see more branching storylines in VR. That's mm-hmm. something that I think developers need to play with more because it's one of the things that you can do in VR very easily <clears throat> without taking the player out, and, you know, taking them out of immersion. So back to you, Mr. Rowdy. All right, cool. the rest of the show. Uh, <laughs> so uh, let's jump into like the main topics for this show. Like uh, first up, uh, the HC Vive uh, Cosmos. Uh, in the past week, uh, I'm sure that we've all seen the wonderful stream <laughs> that HC posted on their live stream on With Facebook. With anticipation, right? <laughs> We're all waiting, waiting for it to start. Yeah, uh, they did. They did show it. I'm not gonna lie, yeah, they uh, but they did it in a rather strange way. Uh, presenting the headset on, on a slowly turning table and uh, no specs were announced whatsoever. I think in total, the, I mean, if you sped up the video, it was maybe two minutes worth of, of content, right? You know, two, <laughs> two minutes that was uh, a table yeah. turning yeah, well, uh, yeah. and that was it. We were actually showing it right now. Was there any dramatic um, music with it? I didn't catch it. No, it was like this trippy galaxy kind of music where yeah. you, where it felt like you went to the moon or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It, it was it was quite funny. They if got you me speed hooked. It, up, it sounds like a ringtone. They like seriously it got me hooked until the end. I was like, okay, wait, wait, wait. So <laughs> the, you can't tell me this is it. There must be. And then this hand came and they start changing something. Like, well, come on, uh, there must yeah. be someone taking it on its head, and then it's gonna tell us something. That's what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. Well, in the end, but, what, what we're showing you here is what what they showed. That's, that's it. it. Hot news. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I mean, there's a couple of things that we can lead off of this um first off we can see now that the camera has six sensors instead of the previously shown four mm-hmm. uh, and uh, i mean i'm assuming i mean this is all like assuming but uh, since they haven't said anything i'm assuming that this will help with like making a bit of a wider field of view for the controllers since uh, i know that there's been some issues with like you know close up or like you know behind the back so maybe with that kind of uh, placement of the cameras they have a little bit bigger field of view. Uh, also, the, the faceplate is removable now. Um, and it also contains two of these sensors, the, the up and the downward facing sensor, um, which is interesting because I don't really know how that would work. That means that the cameras <laughs> are actually integrated in the, in the, in the, in the faceplate itself. And this I, is interchangeable and perforated. 
I don't know if you guys had the same reaction. When I saw that, I thought one thing. It's like, ooh, guess what, guys? It's got one more camera. It's got another camera. We've got six. <laughs> They've got five. Buy ours. You know, I, I, uh, I don't know. Is it needed? Is it gonna help? <laughs> I thought I thought two cameras already did well enough, but hey, uh, if you if yeah. everyone wants to add more, uh, be my guest. <laughs> what's the part? What's the purpose of the removable faceplate? I don't understand. What does it do? Well, that's what you're gonna hear next week. Oh god! Yeah, I don't but know. You gotta maybe tune in again. Like, <laughs> maybe they want to like offer like some color options or something because I, I don't see any other. <laughs> Any other point of like there were yeah, there were no options. there were no USB ports in there as far as I know when I looked at the video so I was like oh is it kind of like what the Valve Index is you know uh, capable of uh, I don't I don't know I I felt like after such a long wait after they you know showed yeah, it off at CES cool. because it was CES that the last time uh, we we heard about also the first time I think then you're like letting people wait for so long. And then you have the, the, you know, the guts to to just troll everyone with this video. I don't know. They should have just gone bam straight for for the specs. Also, mm. this video would have been a great part of it because now they postpone it to next week, and we all know next week what's gonna happen. So I don't know. Maybe it's gonna take their news kind of out of uh, of the radar because there's so much else going on. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And what surprised me though is that I thought this was going to be a hybrid. I thought this was going to be a headset that was maybe standalone. Really and that's true. That's, that's true. That's, that's, that's so, true. There's quite some confusion around this as well because I've seen some people saying on Twitter like, you know, what, what, where well, does this device like fit? Like, what, what is it? Is it like in between like the Vive Focus and the and the Vive Pro? Like yeah, because. You see the cable, and you're like, this must be a PC yeah. VR headset, right? Uh, mm -hmm. So if that's the case, then we could say like, this is a, this is a better version of the Vive. It looks lighter, that's for sure. But I, know, I really hope it's going to be a hybrid because that would be yeah. a genre on itself that no one has really dipped their toes in. That's, I think that's so. the only that's the only market that they can actually make a real proper stab. Is and the question is for who is this headset still? Yeah. Like with HTC, you never know who it's for. They didn't say in the stream like, oh, it's for consumers. It's for prosumers. It's for B2B. We don't know. We have no idea of who it's for. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. It, I, I don't. What do you, what do you guys think of the look of it? I'm curious what you think. It's like, I, uh, I mean, I kind of like it though. I mean, I, I like the like the 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 bluish tone just in general. They stripped so uh, much off. Cool. It looks so much lighter. So much lighter. Um, I don't. I don't, I don't know about that. There's a lot of light on there as well. It yeah. seems like particularly when they when they take the headset and they 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 cock it to ninety degrees. Um, because of because of the front facing um a visor being able to lock it up in the upright position uh -huh. it's interesting i mean on the model that they're showing which is a, a glass dummy head it doesn't seem to shift around much so it does look like what you're saying rowdy is is quite a bit lighter also the what we would normally see as like foam padding almost looks like that's potentially um yeah. No, I take it back. I thought it was a. I thought it was a plastic flange like the PSVR. It actually looks like the original no, no. Vive foam. Oh God! Yeah, well, well, the rumors are is that this might be like this headset might be able to power itself through a foam. That's that's what the rumors are yeah. and have been for a while. But since what HTC did at CES was like they they showed it, but they didn't say much. That's their marketing campaign. They show it and let the internet go well. And I think with this video, mm. they were 
you know, aiming for the sec- like the same thing again. Like let the internet just, you know, uh, 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 spice it up a bit. Mm. Um, but I don't know. I, it seems to be a weird moment to do this now. Um, but we'll see. I don't. Guys like people, would... people are. Let's say there's one thing that I do want to say is that uh, I've seen a lot of you know uh, people th- throwing around with prices and stuff like that. Um, if you expect this to be cheap, then I think you're going to be in the wrong ballpark. Mm-hmm. But that's that's also because HTC is a company who can't sell headsets with a loss. The mm-hmm. Quest and the Rift S are cheap because facebook can sell them with a for a cheaper price but if they were getting sold for an for the actual legit price then they would be as expensive as maybe a headset htc would sell that's all i'm gonna say so prices at their place they 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 don't have that much freedom in that sense but i do hope Mm -hmm. it's gonna be cheap yeah, on the other been, side, there have been some rumors about the price, but uh, mm. HTC has confirmed these as uh, as incorrect. So, uh, as far as we know, there is uh, there is nothing. What 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 price would you put? Let, let's say that it is a hybrid headset. Yeah, let's say it's a hybrid headset. What price would you put on there for it to be competitive in the market now? Uh, that's a good point. So, now what is its price? But what you know, yeah, where would, I, where would its price point have to be? So, if it's a hybrid. I think, you know, 599 would be a competitive price because at the moment you'd need to have wireless plus wired, you'd be, you'd be shelling 800 quid, you know, if you follow the Oculus market. So I'd say 600 pounds or dollars. 600 pounds. Because we get shafted. Thanks, Brexit. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good one. I have no idea. Like, as I said, it really depends on what market they go for. You know, Vipro was super expensive, but the B2B business just bought it because it was no problem for them yeah. um, i i think i'm gonna go for like uh somewhere like 6.99 i don't know, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Also, it's very I, mysterious like no one mm-hmm. really knows what this is and what it, like they should just clear up and uh, go yeah. with it you know I, I also think that indeed to be competitive in the market now they would have to aim for a price of like 600 dollars um, and they're not going to hit it. Yeah, I, I think they can't, I think they can't go lower than they, than they make. That's the problem no. with HTC. They can't do but that. The, that's the problem because the other headsets are so fairly cheap. Huh? I mean, you just think of it, a hybrid that is basically a Rift S and an Oculus Quest both combined, yes. right? So what is the price of the Rift, Rift S and the Oculus Quest both separately? So that is about like what? Like $399 for each? Yeah, so that's, that's what I was saying. dollars so then we'd have to look at a price point like that, I would say. Yeah, but on the other side, we have been seeing so much news of HTC moving uh, more and more away from consumers and getting more into the B2B yeah, market. The and they, they are winning there a lot. So it could be that uh, that this headset in the end is not made to be competing with any other... So it's yeah. But then know. it is a weird strategy to like hype it up so much. In, like, yeah, but that's what they and... marketing wise they always do that, and no I one know. really knows what. Like this, this marketing could be great in Asia, and it's fine. Like they they advertise it in, and then then here in Europe or the US, it lands wrong. That's what happened with the Vive Pro. They promoted it as a gaming headset, as like this super pro thing, um, but then in the end. It was for the B2B market. Well, in Asia, if you promote it in that way, you put like Fallout in there and all these other games, then companies are like, wow, this is awesome. We got to get this. Exactly. Over there, it makes total yeah, sense. Exactly. But then, you know, that's the thing marketing wise, HTC seems to not learn from it. So I hope 
that with this, finally, <laughs> they know what to I, do. I think, because I think not. I, I'm, it's this no. conversation. How many times have I been saying yeah. this? Trying, like, I, it feels like I'm the only one because I've been in, in Asia, of course. I've been at HTC, so I understand now how this works. But I wish everyone else knew that sometimes their marketing strategy just totally, totally ends up in the wrong way here in Europe and the US. And that's a shame. I, I wish they went a little bit more. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Next week we get some specs. You, and maybe you, they also tell us who it's for. That's even more important than specs. Well, you guys, you guys actually yeah. like interested in this headset? Because at this point I've checked out. I, I have no interest in it. Honestly, it's not like I'm, 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 I'm always open to try another headset, but there are so many headsets coming out. Like I still care more about content. I'm like, you know, yeah. If they bring out this Vive Cosmos, fine. If HTC wants to invest into some some quality titles, then I'm even more interested. In, okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm interested in the companies same. who spend money on content. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's the same. Like uh, like another headset that allows you to do the same thing. It, it needs to bring something incredibly new to the table for me yeah. to say like, okay, I want this. You know, because mm. this like ups the experience. That this makes it so yeah. much better than it originally was. Then yes. Um, but if the content doesn't support that, then what's the point? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Right. Well, cool. we'll see um, next week. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, maybe we'll get another turning table. Yeah, yeah the other way around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, the next topic um, is uh, an interesting one. It's something that we have maybe briefly touched on uh, before, but we haven't really dove into it yet. Uh, so I read an article in The Guardian that has actually questioned the ethics of virtual reality brutality. Hmm. And they specifically highlight two VR artworks that were shown at uh, Dark Mofo, interesting name, uh, which is an arts festival. <laughs> and the first one was from uh, Jordan Wolfson's. Now, all of these, like that, are, all of these artworks that are shown on this <coughs> Dark Mofo festival, uh, they're all a little bit like on the on the on the edge you know, like there's always like things that you go like oh yeah okay that's kind of weird uh but this one is called uh the first one is called real violence and this is a two-minute street scene in which the artist himself is rendered virtually and he repeatedly stomps on and takes a baseball bat to the head of a defenseless man uh, people who sat in passing cars they don't even turn their back they turn their heads to look and only you in your headset uh, is looking at it, but you're not stepping in to help either. Now, the man that Wolfson beats to death, uh, he doesn't exist. But by putting on the headset, we are complicit uh, in deriving a thrill from it. That's basically what the what the artwork is. So it's by putting you in the headset, you become part of the artwork, and you're complicit in deriving a thrill from it because you want to see what it's about. It's like kind of like questioning a little bit like the human nature of things that we have a a, a way of always being interested in, in gruesome scenes and and, and violence uh, <laughs> this brings us back as well to like uh, 2005 when uh, senator hillary clinton she was a little bit waging a war on violent video games and with yeah. the entire history that we have on violence and on, on video games and it even went as far as proposing a bill that would criminalize selling violent games to children now uh, this is a hot debated topic of course so I, i'm trying to like center myself a little bit in, in between here mm -hmm. uh, but at the center is the question of course like uh, does violent games also breed uh, violent behavior uh, and with technology that allows these kind of experiences to become more and more realistic what is then the impact of this on on, on like behavior and, and psychology so 
you guys got like any input on that or any experience with that i just talked a little bit back about the 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 app of like you know where you're being put in like the ngo kind of thing yeah um but this is like the other end of the spectrum yeah i don't i don't really uh, i mean one of the things i noticed when i was first in vr for a few times is if you're in uh if you're in a game let's say a shooter for instance right you got the gun in your hand and you're able to shoot people and that type of thing it's really weird but because you're immersed and you're like in that like turning the gun on yourself the the first couple of times feels really odd right and this is kind of a, a sidestep but related to your question which is you know can violence in vr characterize or nullify you know your your kind of the synapses that would otherwise say stop or no mm -hmm. same thing like with driving i, I was super nervous <clears throat> initially with uh with, with the same thing was you know if i'm driving and i'm crashing into a wall will i then go back get into my real car and with the some of the safety switches have been switched off so i'm just wondering it, it's yeah. really interesting seeing this clip that you've got where where was this physically because this woman who's standing there with like gawking at this at this piece of art she's yeah. watched well also don't forget these are people that have probably never been exposed to to virtual reality uh in at all oh. so i mean it's a it's a little bit like you know like w w they only show the clips of the people that are utterly shocked by it because I'll, I'll go back to the one who wrote the article in a moment uh, but it was in the tasmania midwinter arts festival Mid so, uh, Tas uh, tasmania tasmania Tasmania. Yeah. Tasmania. Okay. That, that reminds me of the Looney Tunes. <laughs> exactly. We were back uh, to but talking about your first VR experience. Most people say like, "Hey, I, I, I jumped into a roller coaster," but this is like a totally different <laughs> level. Yeah. So what was so, what was your question in, in simple terms again, Rowdy? Because I don't think I answered you properly. Yeah. So no, you answered it actually. What is the impact of this on behavior and psychology? Mm -hmm. And where do you position yourself in like the debate between what about violence and video games? Yeah, well, obviously the, the the term Gorn comes to mind, and several other you know games which are ultra brutal and ultra violent. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess that it goes back to the question of, you know, do you think that a, a music album can cause you to think or act differently? Do you think that a that a video game on a flat monitor can cause you to act differently? And I mean, I think there are there's something to be said for uh, normalization. So when you see something portrayed in a in a film. If you don't second guess it, you might just say, oh, that's normal social behavior. So I will go and do that. But do I ever think that, you know, someone who listens to Nirvana or, you know, plays Doom is going to cause them to go, you know, shoot up a school or something? I, I really don't think so. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I'm very much of the mind, although I tend to kind of like dramatic games and music and film. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I, I'm, I, I don't think I, I, that I think, that would ever motivate me in mm -hmm. one, even, even an inch mm -hmm. in that direction. Is there someone out there who could be? Um, maybe, maybe. But I don't think that like, you know, banning all books makes sense because one book might give someone a kernel of an idea. I think you kind of have to be a little bit that way inclined and then maybe it, it's one part of the puzzle. But I really, I'm, I'm very biased on the, you know, let the medium yeah. shine as it is and let people do whatever they want in, in VR. Because I, for me, like I, I take a lot of relaxation out of like shooters, right? I'd never shoot a person. In fact, I, <laughs> I, I personally went through a school shooting and I, I never want to fire again. I'm not interested in that at all, but actually going on into, you know, counter-strike or, you know, as I said, Pavlov having a round with some friends or whatever, blows off some steam and I feel a lot more sane coming out than I did going in sometimes. So, you know, that's my <laughs> yeah. stance on no, it. That's true. That, yeah. that's, that's true. What, what about you, Nathie? What do you think? 
Well, I'm, I'm on the same page as uh, Zim, to be honest. I think the only thing, something that could lead to violence, game-related, is, is maybe a game addiction. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. In that sense. Uh, or, or someone who's psycho is playing yeah. games to even glorify that idea even more of actually mm -hmm. doing something in real life. Or training. It's rare. Yeah, yeah tra it's so rare. I, I, think, I think there's a there's a point to be made. Like, I mean, of course, like 99% of the people that ever play a violent game will never will never even consider doing something violent in real life. But it's always like, what about that one percent? You know, like I personally yeah. would. It, there needs to be some form of control over it of course as, as a parent you, you need to control these kind of things. i don't think it's for the for the state or for the government to be controlling these kind of things it's more i think it's more a part of education and a part of upbringing to do this would i ever let my my children who are in a full development phase uh, shoot people in like the most brutal game probably not if they, if they reach a certain age that they can make decisions for themselves and they they're their minds are developed enough to handle such a thing. I probably won't have a problem with it. Um, would I have someone who has like is maybe diagnosed with a severe autistic disorder or severe schizophrenia or something like that? That is also something that needs to be, you know, the mental history of a person, I think, is important when it comes to like playing games. But not only playing games, also watching movies, also reading books, also listening to music, because all of those could then indeed be triggers. But that is again, that's like has even way less than one percent that we're talking about. Yeah. But there is a certain, a certain, yeah, like barrier that needs to be put up mm. by upbringing, by education, for people that are maybe sensitive to that. Yeah. Mm. It's interesting that um, I mean I I I dug in a little bit deeper. We have um, a philosophy professor Thomas Metzinger of the Johannes Gutenberg University, and he warned new scientists that fully immersive experiences have a bigger and more lasting impact on behavior and psychology, hmm. which I think is a fair point. I mean, both in a positive and in a negative way. And the thing that he indeed highlighted is something that you brought up a little bit already, uh, Zim. It's uh, including the depersonalization, that you become a little bit less attached to these kind of actions that you do and like you don't yeah. like for example if you put a gun to your head which is a serious you know mental disturbance uh disturbance thing to do it is uh when you keep on doing it in vr you kind of become a little bit yeah okay whatever yeah and the only the only um the only thing that i'll say on the other side of the fence is uh for the longest time although i would ride roller coasters roller coasters did like i'd be quite fearful of them i would say mm -hmm. or apprehensive mm -hmm. before going on one and, um, you know, I went to Oculus Connect 4, went on a whole bunch of them. And I was like, I mean, there were some bars flinging by and I thought my legs were going to get cut off. But like, I was just taking it in because VR had helped me acclimate to it. So yeah. I really, I really do think that there are some uh, sensitive, like desensitization effects that VR yeah. can have over a prolonged period of time to train you either. Actually, this isn't as dangerous. Like, Maybe this this isn't as fear fear inducing as it as it could be. I even think something like we talked about face your fears. I mean, having played on the Oculus Go, uh, face your fears where like the plane was going down, like it almost challenges your internal bias to am I going to get nervous during turbulence? And to an extent, you, you you say to yourself like, okay, maybe I wasn't feeling so confident before. You go through the VR simulation, you like come out and you're like, okay, now I'm feeling a little bit more. So the one place where I think that this could be used uh, quite negatively, uh, I think it was mentioning it there, was um, training. I mean, a lot of the, uh, that's where I think there's maybe, it's just, a, it's just a new danger. It's a new threat. Like you're not going to be able to, by trend 
even if Oculus are sniffing on all that data and feeding it to the government, as you said, right? And and are we going to be able to trend identify the potential, you know, terror fella or lady? Mm-hmm. Probably mm-hmm. not. Um, yeah. And and I think yeah. someone could use, you know, someone could get very acclimated with guns, uh, how mm-hmm. they all fit together, how it all works without actually having to purchase a weapon, which before was yeah. a barrier to actually getting good at that. And now you have digitization, which kind of works a bit against it because now you've yeah. got the security problem. It's, it's like you it's like you say, like yeah. context is everything, of course, because indeed it is VR is also being used as a as a useful therapeutic tool, not only in, the, in terms of uh, exposure therapy, but also in terms of, uh, yeah. of promoting uh, empathy. Um, there's a, a study that I remember, uh, I think it was written last year, that uh, where they tried to highlight domestic violence uh, to um, you know the virtual shoes of of the people that are are, are experiencing it, mm. and the the results there were that offenders they have a significantly lower ability to recognize uh, fear in females uh, compared to uh, the general population, huh. uh, but often often were embodied in a female victim. Uh, they were actually, um, uh, this was actually reduced. So they would actually be less inclined to uh, to, to, um, to have a lower ability to recognize fear. Exactly. And, and that's, that's where I think that the balance of this actually weighs very much in the favor of the positive spectrum. Mm-hmm. Is that like the, some of the benefits we were talking about earlier of this new medium is that you can feel empathy in a way that you wouldn't. I love that. I love that concept of like, put me in a woman's body and let me see what it's like to have people glaring at me on a bus or whatever, you know, because no one's going to look yeah. at me. You know, <laughs> My only chance of seeing that, you know, is to put me in a different position and have people yeah. around me. And the ability to record it, to show people is only to get more and more real and convincing. Yeah. And I think the the hallmark effect of, of helping people, you know, gain that kind of emotional uh, momentum in the right direction is going to far outweigh the dangers that are potential in this medium. Mm-hmm. The the author himself, he was actually a, a bit unimpressed. Uh, so he, I think he was exposed to virtuality all, all, all already a bit more because he mm-hmm. actually said, if I'm honest, when watching real violence, I was hoping to see the victim's eyeballs shoot out, but they did not. So he was <laughs> <laughs> rather unimpressed by this. Okay. Sorry, um, was that the author this... of the violent um, art piece? Yeah, 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 yeah. So the author who wrote the article on it and not the okay. one who made the, uh, the application. Ah. And the second experience that was also there, uh, this was the Paul McCarthy, not, not the Beatle, because I had to, I had to oh. read this name two or three times. It's Paul McCarthy, uh, the coach stage, stage coach VR exper- experiment, Mary and Eve. A very long title. And this is a sexual a sexual psychodrama with an American Western vibe. And this one goes way further, way further. And the author, I'll, I'll quote him from here on, he, ex- he describes the experience as follows. Before donning the headset, participants are, as- are asked if they're okay with scenes of child sex abuse. Oh, God. Mary is a young woman and Eve a young girl. The pair start to duplicate until the viewer is surrounded by them. At first, Eve is a target of Mary's malevolence, the kind of harassment that men might target a lone woman with. What's your name? Where are you from? Are you stupid? Fuck you, Eve. Then the pair turn on the viewer and begin to crowd in. She asks you a simple question, a simple fucking question. Answer the fucking question. Turning away from one looming figure reveals another face, close up behind. There is violence of a sort. 
Mary simulates the rape of Eve through their clothing, but more unnerving is the implied violence. In Wolfson's real violence, Jeez. you are the observer. Here, the sense of threat is absorbed by you. Really so, interesting. Yeah, they, so they, yeah. They, they turn the perspective around and they use that to help teach you what, again, the victim feels like yeah. and the kind of yeah. emotions that they go through. So Yeah, indeed. I mean, much of this is, of course, still like uncharted territory. Uh, this is all so new that we don't really know what kind of psychological and the behavioral, you know, consequences of this are. But mm. as always with new technology, you kind of let it have to let it go and a little bit free for it to like develop into into something that is both good and bad. I where guess. where was this one from again? Was this the same art showing? Yeah, yeah, it's the same one. So Dark Mofo. <laughs> from uh was it Tas tasmania did you say yeah i believe so Tas tasmania mm. okay that's something else yeah well there you go chase all right wow. then Not uh, for the final topic uh you still wanted to say something no, I was just going to say that, um, you know, when Rowdy hosts, it's not lightweight. This is freaking heavy stuff, you know? It's like, this is, this is some heavy he's going, he's going full in, man. Yeah, Jeez. of course. Right. I, I mean, I, li I, I like it. I like I like the fact that we're we're not only challenging um, ourselves when it comes to topics that we're, we're talking about, but also that, you know, it's like the whole color of the rainbow. I always appreciate that. You don't, like, ignore a segment of it. And this is a really important segment. So, you know, thanks for looking these up. I don't know how the heck you found that. That's that's from Neither like do I. that's from like the <laughs> corner of the web. I need to go look at a map. Where the feck is Tasmania? Yeah, I don't even remember. I think it's in the Europe dark somewhere. mofo web. The dark mofo web. Yeah. So uh, for our last topic of today, it's a it's a rather short one, but uh, it's the days of uh, OC six. They have been announced with it actually returning to the San Jose Mc. McEnery. McEnery. I don't know if I pronounce it. Yep. McEnery Convention Center from the 25th up until the 26th of September. And interestingly, they specifically mentioned more information on the project that Respawn Entertainment is working on, which was originally announced at OC4. I think we touched upon that last episode as well, but it was indeed mm. OC4 that it was announced. Uh, and with Respawn Entertainment, of course, being the developers behind uh, Apex Legends and also Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, I think this is uh, quite exciting. Um, so except it being a, a AAA first-person VR combat experience, uh, we don't have any further information mm. uh, yet. So I hope that we still get something before OC6, uh, mm. but I, I very much doubt so. Could it maybe be that same with Defector and Stormland? These titles have been, you know, have been cooking up those for, for, for ages because they wanted to release on the Oculus Rift S? Because, I mean, two years ago yeah. at OC4, it was a total different playground. Yeah, um, could could very well be. I have no idea what they what they're doing, but they, if they've been working since OC four on it, I, I can't imagine that they would release it on the Oculus Quest, right? Well, let's say at E three I did hear some stuff. I don't <laughs> tell you what it is, but they, it's gonna it's it's gonna drop soon. I feel like. I'm okay. I'm yeah. I'm I'm actually really uh, really keen uh, because we haven't heard a lot from. Well, Oculus on AR. You know, you know, you know. There's one thing that I can say, and that is, Respawn Entertainment was working on this game. You know, they they worked together with Oculus to make it happen, and then suddenly this whole Apex uh, thing came around. But I mean, you still have an uh, you still have this agreement going on. So it it could be that they kind of had to slow down a little bit, and because Apex was around the corner, 
So that's maybe yeah. why it took so long because they have been working on so many other titles too. Huh, and on yeah, the other side, exactly. you still have the agreements. You still have to deliver this VR game as well. I don't know how that works, but... I, I just hope that we get to see something from it now. Yeah, like no. I, I really want to like see something. I still feel like it's going to be a shooter though. Yeah, oh, they, they advertise it as a, uh, a first-person VR combat experience. Okay. So first I, it, it sounds a little bit Mac-like, right? Like VR combat experience. Oh, maybe a little bit of sprint factor in there. Because, I mean, they in Titanfall, because they made Titanfall as well, they nailed mm -hmm. the wall running and the jetpacking. So maybe, maybe you're a Mac. Maybe you're a person who can jetpack around. I feel like they could really use those mechanics. It's not, it's not a bad guess, Nathan, because one of the other things you do, like if you're going to propagate into VR with some existing IP, having a big name come in and dropping that can actually be quite impactful. So Yeah, I don't know if they're going to do an existing IP because last Titanfall didn't do that do well. That well. Titanfall um, but 2. I do think there are mechanics from the games they made in the past that they can really use to make I a very nice I thought they already nice tweeted game. that it, it wasn't going to be Titanfall. Did they? I, I mean, I'm not like a while ago, like since people were saying, oh, it's going to be Titanfall in VR. Yeah, um, but I'm, I'm, I come, no, don't hold me I've never, that. I've never seen Oculus spend money on a development studio and they make something for them with their famous IP. It was always something on itself. I, it think, I think that's good... more likely. Yeah. yeah. The, I, I'm also thinking in the direction of a, of, a, of a Mac VR game, but then not with the, you know, with the caption of it having a Titanfall in there. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So taking their existing mechanics, because I would love to land on a, an enemy. I mean, Vox Machina, for anyone who's wanting a mech game now, is bloody awesome. Except for the annoying AI robot that fucking gets in your face all the time. But um, I would I would welcome a mech game, particularly if it yeah. had that lovely mechanic of like you're able to jump onto an enemy mech, you know, and yeah. like get the pilot out. Yeah, like, but I, I don't think awesome. they're going to copy anything they already made. It's going to be something from scratch. New IP. Something new. But it, it, of course, like I totally agree, a mech game maybe in combination where you can also have boots on the ground. Uh, and the chat so is fun. saying that, um, that they mentioned a real, realistic military sim. So then I don't think it would be max uh, yeah. unless the US is doing something that we don't know anything about. No, I'll tell you what I was, what I was thinking. Like when you guys were saying it there, um, although I don't follow their Twitter, the thing that I was hearing was like, wouldn't it be awesome if they had something like a, a, a VR uh, Milsim game, kind of like a Rainbow Six type thing, but with some kind of, forgive me for yeah. this, uh, this is this is definitely masturbatory, um, AR pass-through, <laughs> like around, so they use something with your environment. Like, I don't know, you got to grab ammo from your shelf or something. I don't know, it would be really neat to see some kind of crossover between VR and AR in existing headsets. I'd love to see it. I'm sure it's going to be a mix of, of genres they made games about before. Yeah. So if you kind of go it's, back into their history, I do think you can find a lot of what it could potentially be. Yeah. It's interesting you say that, uh, Zim, because um, if you look at the Oculus uh, blog post, uh, they said something at the end as well. And they say, um, we can't wait to begin the next chapter of virtual and augmented reality with you in San Jose September 25th, 26th. So as far as I know, Oculus has not really invested that much in the AR scene, right? So, uh, well, no, that's, I think that's what was uh, kind of setting Twitter alight was people had said this when they were setting the dates. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really curious. I think they're going to drop something AR related because um, 2020, remember, we have the uh, Apple, I think it's called the AT2020, which is meant to be an Apple headset primarily focused on AR planning to drop in 2020. And supporting, I think it was, if not 8K per eye, 
yeah, 16K total, I think I think is the idea. So if that headset's still in the works and out there, then Oculus who have that corner at the moment will want to vie against their biggest competitor in the space. I mean, Apple's a huge player and we have yet to see them play their hand. Yeah, true. Mm. So... All right. Mm. Well, well I think that we've covered uh, all of this week's news. If uh, there are any questions still remaining, uh, uh, please drop them in the chat right now. Well, there's um, still one juicy uh, subject, actually. Is there? Oh, go on. Yeah, it's uh, Boneworks. Uh, okay, go ahead. It's, it's a bonus. <laughs> yeah, so this week, it doesn't feel like this week, actually. But this week, I was at Stress Level Zero, their office in Los Angeles. Brandon invited me over to uh, try Boneworks with the Valve Index and the uh, Index controllers. And uh, it was definitely very interesting. I played, uh, I played uh, one of the sandbox demos. He said, like, just, just go for it. Do whatever you want to do. So I was just getting into my creative vibes. So what the first thing I did was I grabbed a gun and started shooting all those, like, hand crabs what are they like i don't know they look like mechanical head crabs actually yeah. not hand crabs I'm, I'm getting into the crab vibe now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh like god mr crab tiny... has escaped yes exactly no but um um yeah so it's hard to explain what boneworks is it's kind of mysterious i feel like when it comes out you just gotta play it and find out for yourself um but i was in this office and uh, honestly, the mechanics of Boneworks, they remind me of Gmod, okay? Yeah, yeah. They really do, they really do. And when I told Bran, I said like, hey, this kind of reminds me of, of Gmod. He didn't want to kind of give a green light on that, but I do feel like it was kind of in that, you know, ballpark. Sorry, um, when, when you say Gmod, Nathy, do you mean Gary's Mod? Is that a- Yeah, Gary's Mod, yeah, okay, yeah Gary's okay. Mod, yeah. yeah. Because you like, and this is not going to be a feature, but you could shoot the gun and spawn in all kinds of items, just like you would do in Gary's Mod. The dev mode, um, yes, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so I, I could spawn in anything I wanted. So I spawned in the crowbar and all these other iconic items uh, you, you saw, of course, in the trailer. And um, I can tell you that the first time you play with the uh, index uh, controllers, you really have to get used to it because when you want to grab something, it's not only you have to grab it physically with your hands, but you also have to hit the trigger while you're doing it. So it's like a combination of buttons and your hands. So first it was like super hard to do because I kept on dropping stuff and like super clumsy. Um, but as well, yeah, I totally got into it and, you know, I could slide that crowbar with my hands like up and down and <laughs> really like, and the weight in this, in, in Boneworks of all these items, top notch, like everything has its own weight to it and it's super, super realistic. Um, but as I said, it was a, it was a sandbox, so I could just spawn in things, do whatever I wanted. Locomotion, super neat. When I, I had like a physical body in the game so like a, like i had hands and stuff and um it looked super realistic and when i um actually started to go to the ground like start crouching mm. physically but then also with my avatar in game when i then jumped up i could really use my own force to make a jump if you know what i mean oh, so yeah, almost yeah, like yeah. a like a how do you call it when a car you know hits a it's a bump it's like this this speed bump. lever or something oh. like no no no. it's like what what keeps the tires up and down what is it in oh i forgot the uh, uh the, the suspension uh, um yeah suspension. the spring 
Yeah, the spring. I felt like a spring where I was really pushing myself oh, okay. and then bloop, and then I started jumping, you know, and you could jump real high, but it felt so weird because of course you have more airtime in VR than you have in real life. So sometimes I was like, whoa, I'm already landing, but then in VR, I still had to, you know, do the thing. <laughs> but it was just so satisfying to use my actual hands and see my fingers uh, getting tracked, you know, and being able to grab an item and throw it without losing my controller, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Because I mean, the index controls are like wrapped around your your palms. Yeah. So it's not like you're really holding it. They're kind of floating in a way. Um, so I got to say, Boneworks, super fun. I'm sure we have some questions in the chat too. Like there's so much to talk about in, in terms of this game. Um, the controllers, the index controllers, really, really cool. I think they're the next step for for vr how you interact um the headset itself i thought it was good okay it didn't blow me completely away but it's a good headset the comfort was amazing okay because it was really hugging the back of your head oh. in a way i haven't felt before the speakers like were really shooting yeah like a head crap they were really <laughs> shooting into your ear i could like there were people around me talking to me of what i had to do and both i could not hear them at all and they were just from away from my ear. So you would think that someone talks, it would go in. I couldn't hear it. It was like this this waterfall going into my ears and there was no way something else could, you know, go into my ears as well oh, from the outside. Interesting. Um, you know, and, and we could talk about like, you know, I'm not really about specs. I'm more about the experience, but the resolution, you know, fine. Uh, field of view, it's good, you know, and that's it. Headset is light, but the comfort was really uh, stood out to me. Big sure. question here was uh, locomotion method. So what was the locomotion method in yeah. Boneworks? Um, so as far as I know, it was, um, I think it was the thumbstick. I think it was okay. the thumbstick, but I'm I'm sure they're going to add more different ones to it. But I did tell, I, I, I told Brandon, like I said, listen, what, what do you think about teleportation? He was like, nah, we're, we can't do that anymore. He's like, that's. We really want to push VR to the next level with Boneworks as well and go for the well best locomotion you can have at this very moment. Mm. So teleportation is out of the question. This is really for the adventurers, as as uh, as I would say it. Yeah, but I would love to play the campaign of Boneworks. Um, I also tried some really crazy things that will never make it to the final game because <laughs> this was still you know a work in progress. I don't know when it's going to come out. Um, I hope it will come out when the Valve Index uh, drops as well, because I do feel like feel like it needs Boneworks in a way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, awesome. Awesome. Super, super cool to be able to play Boneworks, first of all. What was their, what was their studio like? Uh, was it bigger <laughs> or smaller than you thought? How was the outside? Uh, I'm just curious. No, it's, like a, it's like a proper game cave. It's like you recognize it from Node, of course. Yeah, yeah. Next to their office, there was like Corridor Digital working on their projects. Uh, but they had a lot of space. They even had a corner where they had this, this old school, uh, what Valve had back in the days when they tried the first uh, headsets they made with these uh, the track QR, stickers, these, the QR these, stickers. These sticks they had. The, cool. They had these stickers still on their walls too, and they were like oh, busy nice. developing. You know, they just uh, launched uh, what is it, Duck Season on yep. PC. You can now play it uh, on a on a monitor as well. Um, but they were super busy working on on Boneworks and stuff like that, and. Uh, I was surprised that Brandon even said that he was watching my videos. I didn't know, 
Uh, so hopefully he's also going to listen to this podcast because I do think <laughs> they got something really good at their hands. And I'm, I'm happy we have also developers that are willing to take that extra step of like, we're going to go for, you know, the edge yeah. for what's possible right now. Something new. Yeah. yeah. And not try to be like, oh, yeah, but what if someone gets sick who just is new to VR? No, the Valve Index, as Valve also said, is for prosumers. It's not for, it's not your first VR headset. This is really serious stuff. A serious toy, as I would say. So, yeah, I think it's it's a badass move for sure. Um, and uh, I'm so curious what the storyline is going to be all about. I heard that if you finish the storyline of Boneworks, then you get access to the sandbox. Mm. And what I personally want to see is a multiplayer too, because let's imagine having like this Gary's Mod kind of vibe to it and then be able to also make your own game modes. Because I feel like it's also an engine. It's also something you could maybe yeah, build definitely. your own stuff. I feel like they're going to go into a level builder <coughs> or something and where you can just let your creative creativity go well or something. Could I be a know. spawning pool as well. I mean, some of the best things came out of, um, you know, like the, like the Source Engine, for instance. Like so many mods became their own games. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, too many to list. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's ser- seriously super, super solid stuff. Cool. Awesome. All right. If there are any questions uh, to Nathie or to, uh, for the other topics, uh, feel free to drop them in the chat. Um, I'll still go over the show times real quickly. So uh, this is a VR era MR talk show that is live streamed every Saturday on YouTube, Facebook and Twitch. You can tune into the show live at 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK and 12 midday in Central US. Mm-hmm. You can also check out the audio version, which is available on iTunes, SoundCloud and Anchor. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our YouTube channel or smash the like button as it would really help us out. Very good. We've got a couple of questions questions? here. Um, So people were asking as well, like what frame rate did you play on the index? Do you know? Um, I think it was just, uh, I think it was like 90. It wasn't a new one, but I I didn't notice a difference. So I think it was just 90. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Any idea of how long the game uh, or story campaign will be? How long that will Uh, be? I have no idea. Maybe no idea. maybe stress level zero said something about that, but I have no idea. Yeah, I've not seen any news about that just yet. Um, bum, 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 bum. Yeah, I don't see too much else. I mean, the last question, this is a horrible one for me to ask, but I will. Did it feel like a Half-Life game? <laughs> I, I don't I don't think you want to compare it in that sense it's it's unique on itself I would say and it does you know like that of course the the crabs that jump at you kind of feel like uh, uh I don't know if we also seen this other enemy that I encountered there was like this head that just jumped at me it had no legs had no hands it just jumped at me like this head and it's super disturbing I don't know super weird um but no, I, I I don't I don't really think it it's it's just like that. It's something totally totally uh, different. But I I just want to say that you know we were all super hyped about the index controls, right, or the yeah. knuckles as yeah. we first called them. Yeah. And I think that after Valve suddenly added the headset to the package, this whole headset just got automatically hyped with its controllers. And I don't think that's the case. I think you should separate them, and they both have their uh like you know uh, uh pros and cons i think the the controllers are still what stands out the most it wasn't the headset it was definitely the well, there controllers. is some awesome tech in in the headset of course though. like of course. the way that they're doing things yeah. is uh 
It's amazing. Nah, it's it's a proper headset. It's it's uh, it's one of those like this could be your new daily driver if you owned a Vive for a while. You know, yeah. I think this this is a this is it's an expensive uh, daily driver, <laughs> but hey, yeah. uh, it, it's it's awesome. And if you like to mod around, because it really feels like one that you can just you know fiddle around with. Mm. So you can just you know what headsets can you buy where there's a USB slot in the front and you can just build something. I mean, with the DK1 and the DK2, you could plug a USB in and do something. But nowadays it feels like almost every headset is fading away those USBs. And and the Valve Index is really telling you like, listen, you know, you can do whatever you want and be creative. And I think that's, that's awesome. So I, I don't know, Valve Index uh, has its own uh, place in the VR industry, I would say. But those knuckles... Those index controllers, I feel like if you tried those and you played some, because we don't know how many games there are going to be, but if there are enough developers that really nail what you can do with it, I think you don't want to go back to any other controllers. It feels more alive. As I said, I predicted this and now I tried it and it it's confirmed. It's, it's really like that. It's adding something new to it. It's not mind-blowing new, but it's super handy. You're like, hey, finally, my hands are kind of free. It's easier. It's lighter. It's... Yeah, it feels more alive, more immersive. more immersive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, the only thing that I can imagine now <laughs> is Harry wrapping his uh, his fingers around his broomstick. <laughs> <laughs> oh and, my uh, god! I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to <clears throat> I'm gonna have to play that AR game now, which is uh, which is gonna be like I mean I I can imagine Rowdy trying to play it. Like I'm in the same spot where I know not enough about Harry Potter, and I know Mike will like rip the piss out of me in the next episode when I try to pronounce all the names and things, but yeah. <laughs> Staglepuss, you just wait, I'm coming for you or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of like my, uh, Valve Index, uh, adventure, but you know, right, huge cool. shout out to, uh, to Brandon and stress level zero for letting me try it. I really appreciate it's really it. Awesome. It's awesome. All right, cool. Then, uh, I think we're done for this week. Uh, I want to thank everyone for joining uh, this rather special episode. Uh, next week, everything should be back to normal. Uh, so hopefully you guys will tune in there hopefully. as well. Unless Mike ate bye too bye much birthday now. cake. But thanks for <laughs> hosting, Rowdy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. We'll tune you in better, next episode. You, you better see. send me a big slice. Yeah, be better. <laughs> cool stuff. All right, cool. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.